One of my favorite things about college football is traditions, and a tradition unlike any other is Ohio State taking a trip to Bloomington, Indiana, and humiliating the Hoosiers. We witnessed it Saturday evening. We talk about it today in a fun, fresh episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, October 25th in the year 2021. No matter if you're listening via the audio version or watching us on YouTube or WKYC.com, I want to thank you for making this podcast about your Ohio State football team the first listen of every single day. A 54-7 to smacking, humiliating performance that the Hoosiers put up, but the Buckeyes were dominant in all three areas of the game. This was my first time seeing the Ohio State Buckeye football team live and in person. Some of you out there have been to one, maybe two, maybe every game the Buckeyes have played this year. While I was at the game, I was looking for a few things interesting. One, not just early on, but how the Buckeyes looked after the defense, that is, after the Hoosiers' Scripted plays were up on the offensive side. Would they look as crisp as they have throughout the entirety of the season? I do know going into the game, I saw Teague and Marcus Crowley were not available to play in that game, which left the Buckeyes with three scholarship running backs. You have Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, and Evan Pryor. All three of them got run, got some play in this game. Evan Pryor got the first extended play, extended look during this season. The offense, that offense looked good. The offense looked really good. It started raining before the game, and then it picked up during the game, kind of rained a little bit before the game, kind of died off, and then picked up once again. People all around us got their ponchos out, trying to stay clean. And I say, well, hopefully they're clean, trying to stay dry throughout this game. And in this moment, you're thinking, oh, the Buckeyes are going to run the ball a little bit more. They're not going to pass the ball around. They're not going to want Stroud to sling that rock with the water coming down from the sky like it was. No. <laughs> right. They said, hey, look, we know we got these horses behind you. We know we got Williams and we got Henderson, the two top running backs on this team. We know what they can do, but Stroud, go out there and sling that thing. Hey, defense, be very good up front on the defensive line and slow down any attack that the Hoosiers have of trying to move the ball. The Hoosiers The only time the Hoosiers got any success moving the ball was the very first drive of the game. They got they converted on three third and long third and long attempts. Like I mentioned earlier, the scripted plays is a lot of times with teams that are struggling. That may be the only time they see any success in the offensive side of the ball when they are doing that thing, when they are having those plays that are scripted. Once you have to react to what the defense is doing and read and react once the offense is at the line of scrimmage, 
it's a whole lot different than it would be if you have those scripted plays throughout the entirety of the game. The Buckeyes looked good. 14 tackles for loss in this game. Trevion Henderson did what Trevion Henderson does. Nine carries for 81 yards on the ground. Nine yards a pop, two touchdowns. He did go out early. There was no service, really bad service, in the stadium. And I had someone texting me trying to figure out what's going to go with Trevion, Trevion Henderson. I didn't get updates from my phone from the apps, the sports app I use. So I was hoping they could filter some information. Did not get it, but Trevion Henderson did come back in the game. And that, that boy looked good. Eight carries for 60 yards, seven and a half yards a pop for Mayan Williams. One touchdown on the opening drive of the game. Evan Pryor looked good in his first extended play, a time of extended play on the season. 11 carries, 48 yards on the ground. 16 yards was his longest rush in the game. Ohio State in the game. 5.8 yards per carry on 32 carries, 187 yards on the ground. Jackson Smith and Jigma, that boy looks good. My brother, this is his first time also seeing the Ohio State Buckeye team in person this season. And you know what? One big thing about him that he asked me and he said during the game, he said, hey, number 11, he's been killing. I said, yeah, he has been killing. You know what? We see he's been killing. But even when somebody's at the game for the very first time and they're seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Alave and Garrett Wilson, and they're seeing Jeremy Ruckert and they're seeing CJ Stroud for the very first time. When somebody sees the guys on the field for the very first time, and he mentions Smith and Jigba has been killing in the game and doesn't mention Alave or Wilson, they had they 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 played well too. But when the first one that pops off the off the field to you is number 11. Hey, y'all, keep your eyes on that young man. The future is bright for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Two touchdown catches for Jeremy Ruckert. We'll talk more about him coming up very, very shortly. I think that is a sign of things to come, and I'll tell you why when we talk about what we saw from Jeremy Ruckert over the weekend. The defense, your boy's been hard on the defense. I'm not going to knock that and say that I have not. I have been hard on the defense because I believe the defense needed somebody to call them out. The defense was not playing up to the standard that has been set at the Ohio State University. And what did we see from the opening jump, from the opening play? We saw this defense say, hey, look, it starts with us up front. I don't care anything else about anybody else on this team. It starts with us up front, and these guys did that very thing. 14 tackles for loss in this game for the defense. Um, a half tackle for loss for Michael Hall, uh, JT Tuomaloa, Polly EA, now OT, OT, uh, Teron Vincent. You also had two tackles for loss for Tommy Eichenberg, who is, keeps playing better and better and better. This team is looking good. This team is going to have a tough test in a week by Penn State. Sean Clifford, not healthy, but he is still playing. Take advantage of that early on in the game. The Buckeyes can't roll the Hoosiers like can roll the Nittany Lions like they did the Hoosiers by getting up early and slowing any attack, stifling any attack that Penn State may have in a week. But in regards to the Indiana Hoosiers, the Buckeyes looked good. Who looked good in this game? Guys, there are three guys that stick out to me in regards to why this offense looks so good over the weekend. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. 
Prize Picks offers every sport you could think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid major players as well. Prize Picks offers any prop you could think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked on Buckeyes live. Excuse me. No, not live. We are not live right now. This is Locked on Buckeyes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. One quick reminder, guys, if you are a podcast listener via the odd, the Apple Podcast app, Head to Apple Podcast, leave a five-star rating and review. It's greatly appreciated. It's a free way, an easy way that you can help the podcast grow and so more people can enjoy Locked on Buckeyes every Monday through Friday. The, the post-game show will be back next week. I am not planning on being at the shoe for the Penn State game, so I will be at home watching the game. As of right now, I could go out, but I will planning up. There will be a post game show next week, so be sure you're in your in your place as soon as the game is over. Make sure you're tapped in on my personal Twitter page, Twitter feed at jsteven07 on YouTube right here. Just search Locked on Buckeyes, and we will recap instantly. Analyze what we witnessed Saturday evening when the Pitt State Nittany Lions take a trip to Columbus, Ohio. This offense is good, y'all. This offense, this offense is really, really good. The Hoosier defense is not bad. The Hoosier defense is flawed at times, but it's, it is not one that where you are going to look out there and say, oh, they got holes at linebacker. They got nobody in the secondary that can start, that, that can do anything good. Oh, running the ball against them? It ain't going to happen. This defense is good. They're really, really good. But they are a flawed defense. And every now and then, a good defense, not a great defense, a good defense, not an elite defense, a good defense finds a team that is elite and they can't stop. I mean, there, there was no stopping Ohio State on Saturday. Now, I did send out a tweet, and I'll say, hey, you want to say J.U. jinxed Ohio State in the second half? <laughs> okay. I did send out a tweet in the second half, walked out to um, the concourse, the main co- – well, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Went out to the restroom, got some concessions, wanted to get some cell phone service, and as people filtered out of Memorial Stadium, the cell phone service started to open up, and I was able to check the Twitter, able to send a couple tweets, and uh, able to talk to some people that I normally want to talk to during a game well i am there and i sent a tweet out a picture of the stadium of the field and i took the picture in the second quarter probably should have taken it in the first quarter when it was a full stadium but when the rain started to come down people started to leave midway through the second quarter the student section for iu was half full because well the game was already over i mean they already knew they already had a sense it it ain't no way iu is going to stop this team right now why because of C.J. CJ Stroud, I talk about the picture because I mentioned in that tweet that Ohio State, 
I don't like going to games in the rain, but I'll make an exception um, whenever I'm at a game and Ohio State ends up scoring every time they touch the ball. That was something I said in the first quarter. Second quarter, at halftime, Ohio State had they score every time they got the ball. Beginning of the second quarter, first time they got the ball, they punted. I jinxed them. That's on me. Part of the reason they were so proficient, so efficient, uh, so prolific in this game, C.J. Stroud, his ball placement is elite. Now, we'll talk more about his ball placement and what makes this receiver group so good. But his ball placement was elite, has been elite. And it helps when you have guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba. It helps when you have guys like a a uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, guys like that, Emeka Egbuka, that even though some of them are true freshmen, one at Smith and Jigba, first time starting at Ohio State, first time, first time getting extended play and being a bigger piece of the offense like he is, you know what we're seeing? These guys are good. It's going to take an elite secondary where you have a good two good corners on the outside and a good nickel corner on the inside to where things are going to be really, really hard for them to slow down this passing attack. CJ Str- Stroud stays steady. He stays strong. He stays poised. That boy just moves the ball and whatever you throw at him, if he has to roll out, great. If he has to throw it, Five yards, great. If he can throw it 10 to 15, great. If the deep ball's available, great. He's just going to take what you throw at him, what's available right in front of him, and move the chains in that way. It helps when you have a guy in Jeremy Ruckert off the top of my head. I'm going to – off the top of my head, don't even need to do that. Try to guess his height and weight. I believe – just going to take a quick guess here very quickly, and then we'll discuss – what the actual thing is. I'm going to say 6'5", 255 is Jeremy Rooker's height and weight. Checking it officially, it is 6'5", 252. Only three pounds off of the official weight of Jeremy Rooker, but the height is correct. Jeremy Rooker, to me, is a tight end that needs to be utilized a whole lot more. We know how good he is. Well, we have a feeling of how good he is. By the way that Ryan Day uses the tight ends and how basically Ohio State has used the tight ends, this may be the chance for Jeremy Ruckert to really lift up his draft stock in the second half of the season. I remember our show last week, Comus Hero, asked me a question about would we see more two tight end sets or more five, four wide receiver sets from Ohio State? Two tight end or four wide receiver? I said probably two tight end, but I think they should use more four wide receiver looks. I did mention a little bit about splitting Ruckert out to the outside and the slot a little bit. Now, most of the time when that happens, they do motion him back inside to try to manipulate the defense. However, Ruckert in the slot will be big, and I do think we're going to see more production from Jeremy Ruckert in the second half of the season because I don't know a linebacker out there that if this man is doing his thing, can stop him. Now, I say linebacker, linebacker, I don't know one. One thing about Ruckert is he has a size. He can jump. He tried to hurdle the defender on the, I believe it was on the right side of the field as you're watching the broadcast on the television. And you know what else Ruckert can do? He is a really good blocker, which helps a guy like Trevion Henderson get loose on the outside. One thing that I think is kind of overlooked by Trevion Henderson and is overlooked by him at the, it's not just overlooked by Trev, Trevion Henderson, but it's something that we don't really hmm, – we might take for granted with Trev, Travion Henderson. Because I, I look at his stats once again. He had nine carries for 
81 yards, two touchdowns, nine yards of carry. And then he had one reception, a screen pass to the left side. Uh, Fair Mumford, his man that he blocked initially on the screen, um, went went back, went to the wrong side of the play. So he quickly found somebody else to hit, which propelled and opened a hole, a bigger hole for Travion Henderson on that screen pass. Henderson had 14 yards on that reception of the screen pass, one touchdown, 10 touches, three touchdowns. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. This man is basically averaging a first down every time he touches the ball. If he had 20 touches a game, Think about how prolific and how elite he would be. It's very hard to take this man down. He does not go down at first touch, at first contact, and that is why his yards per touch, yards per carry, yards per reception, is that's why they are where they are. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor as well. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're definitely missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and even salted caramel. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. You know who else has been very good for Ohio State right now? The defensive line. I mean... I have personally been very, very hard on them on purpose because at times I think they have deserved it. They haven't played up to the standard that has been set at the Ohio State University. But one thing I will pride myself in as a broadcaster, as an analyst, as a talking head, as some people want to use that phrase, one thing I will pride myself in is that anytime I am wrong, I will be here and I will be available to say I am wrong. No, I was hard. And when they do something right that I have criticized them for, I will praise that group, that player, that individual, that coach, whatever it might be. Those guys, I can't just say those four guys up front because there is a rotation. It's a group of individuals. You're not sure who's going to start every single week because things happen during practice. Personnel from the opposition kind of dictates who's going to play throughout the week. But from Zach Harris and the Tyreek Smith, and Tyreek Smith did have a couple penalties in the game. My uncle from Fort Wayne, Indiana, came down to Bloomington, Indiana for the game. And him and I talked during the game. He looked at me and said, hey, man, what's up with number 11? I did not say it's his first time playing in two or maybe three weeks, at least three weeks now. And that could be why he's a little jumpy, a little happy to get on the field and get to the backfield (laughs) because he hasn't been there very much this season. But. These guys came up, and it didn't take very, very long. From the first play of the game to the end of the game, we saw domination, control in the trenches on both sides of the ball to the tune that you had. Let me look in, look here very quickly. 
You had uh, some linebackers with TFLs. You had Jerron Cage, a defensive lineman, with one, with one tackle for loss. Zach Harrison had two. Ty Hamilton had one. Haskell Garrett had one. Tyreek Smith had one. These are all not just tackles. These are tackles for a loss. The only tackle Haskell Garrett had was behind the line of scrimmage. Same for Tyreek Smith. One of Ty Hamilton's two tackles was behind the line of scrimmage. Both of Zach Harrison's tackles were behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, these guys came to play. And as I mentioned previously, I remember I mentioned this last week. And I mentioned, I said, in the off, in the, in the bye week or the off week, excuse me, got to come correct. During the off week, would there be a push by the youngsters to push the older gentlemen to play better on the field? Would that be something where the pride is kind of checked and say, hey, man, I'm a man. I've been here for a long time. These are young men that are under me. They're newcomers. I'm not going to let this youngster overcome me, go over me in the depth chart because he's playing better than I have this season. This defensive line deserves a lot of credit for stifling and slowing down this Indiana offensive attack. It it didn't help Indiana that going into the game, your starting quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., is hurt, that your backup quarterback, Jack Tuttle, gets hurt early in the game. I believe the first play of the game, the first drive of the game. And then Donovan McCauley, third-string true freshman quarterback, and then Grant Grimmel, who I believe is a walk-on, are the ones that come in after him. QBR for Indiana's quarterbacks a day ago, 56.3 for Jack Tuttle, Donovan McCauley, 8.3, Grant Grimmel, 6.0. In contrast or in comparison to Ohio State's quarterbacks, QBR for C.J. Stroud, 97.8. QBR for Kyle McCord, 97.1. And then Jack Miller, the third, 63.8. QBR is a grade or a stat that is out of 100. Passer rating is the one where you may see 130, 140, 180, 200 plus. That is passer rating, the the stat that has been out there for a very long time. QBR is a stat that ESPN actually started back in the mid-2000s, 2006 or 2007. I only mentioned Ohio State's QBR in comparison to Indiana's. Our eyeballs tell us that Indiana's quarterbacks did not play well. Our our eyeballs also tell us that their O-line couldn't block Ohio State's D-line and that Ohio State's O-line could block Indiana's D-line. In comparison, you see how good Ohio State's quarterbacks quarterbacks did at moving the ball and throwing the ball. Completely different when the D-line of Ohio State is doing something that they have been asked to do that they've been supposed to that they've supposed to do that they're that they are supposed to do every single week. Also, very quickly, we talk about how we talk about how the Hoosiers. And their O-line could not block. But also what we also see in the run game, this is also in tune to what the Ohio State D-line did. You had Trenton Howland, five carries, 3.4 yards a carry. Stephen Carr, 10 carries, 1.3 yards a carry. Chris Childers, two carries, five yards per carry. That was two carries for 10 yards. That's That's the second best average. Well, one of the better averages. But you had Jacoby Hewitt, who only had one carry for six yards. Davion Irvin, Poindexter, one carry for seven, one carry for seven yards. So that's why those averages per carry are higher than the guys that got more carries. But what you saw is even Donovan McCauley, the third string quarterback that came in, primarily their running quarterback, 
11 carries, 9 yards, 0.8 yards per pop. Now, that was that's also with the sack yardage in there that he lost. But what we see is when the defensive line does their job, I don't care who's in the backfield. It doesn't matter what happens. The D-line does their job. The rest is history. This defensive line is doing a really good job, and it makes things a whole lot easier for guys like a Bryson Shaw, who led the team, was tied with a lead in tackles for Ohio State this week. He had four. You also had Tommy Eichenberg, who had four tackles and two tackles for loss. And then Taraja Mitchell had four tackles for himself as well. When the D-line does their job, that also helps everybody else on the defense look really, really good. And if this trend keeps up, it might be a long, long game for the Nittany Lions a week from now. guys. Ohio State won big, 54-7. to We're going to have a fun Victory Monday here on this podcast. Talk more about what we saw over the next couple of days and then turn the page starting Wednesday to what we're going to see from the Nittany Lions Saturday night in the shoe. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Make sure you guys always check out, in the meantime, between the end of this show and tomorrow's show, make sure you check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast because it's the only place to stay up to date. It's the best place to stay up to date on what's going on in the Big Ten football conference with its host, Nate Dickinson, and I will be on the show with Nate today on Monday, recapping the weekend that was in the Big Ten conference. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your fine podcast. For myself, Jay Stevens, this is Locked On Buckeyes on a Monday. Enjoy the day, guys. And as always, go Bucks.